open your cerebral cortex and shift your lobes into upper beta phase because you are going to have Bitcoin knowledge transmitted directly into your vestibulocochlear. Your host of Bitcoin Knowledge is Trace Mayer, an early Bitcoin advocate since it cost a quarter, but this is not intended to be investment advice. A doctor of jurisprudence, but this is definitely not legal advice. And an investor in core cryptocurrency infrastructure, including Armory, BitPay, Kraken, and Mitagio, but this is not a recommendation of those services. Here, you get fed via direct mind download with pure and free Bitcoin knowledge. Welcome back to the Bitcoin Knowledge Podcast. We have a tremendous interview with Ali Goss, CEO of HelloBit. This is actually a project I became aware of over a year ago when I was at the Latin American Bitcoin Conference in Buenos Aires, Argentina. And can you tell us a little bit about this? It's really cool. I'm glad to see that it's finally making its way out into the ecosystem. Thanks for having me, Chase. So HelloBit, as you said, we started it roughly about a year ago. Still not officially launched live yet. It's a international remittance platform that's built on the Bitcoin network. So we're effectively trying to reduce the cost of international remittance by using the Bitcoin infrastructure that already exists instead of using the banking structure that other incumbents use. Now, the remittance business is, what, $500 billion a year? It is. And that's, that's correct. And yeah. the average cost is 10.16%, I think, to send a remittance to Africa. We've got major diaspora populations all over the world that are sending Bitcoins back to Africa, Asia, you know, the Pacific, like Philippines, all over the place. I've actually heard from people who do a lot of the local Bitcoins trading that remittances are becoming an increasingly large part of that business. Yeah. So how does this HelloBit app help simplify and streamline this remittance process and take the costs out of it, increase the ability to trust much more easily? Like, maybe you can explain it for us. Okay, so effectively what HelloBit does is it allows a person to send Bitcoin into, I wouldn't say our system because we actually don't take custody of Bitcoin or funds in the process, but what we do is act as almost like a matchmaking service. And we allow people to send virtual currency, at the moment it's Bitcoin, it could be anything else, through, let's say, HelloBit. And what we do is notify the receiver of local currency in another country that they have money waiting for them. So let's say you wanted to send money to your grandmother in India, you would come to HelloBit, you would send X amount of Bitcoin, and we would notify your grandma that there's somebody near her who can actually meet her. And for the exchange of a code that she gets, she can be delivered local currency. And on the back end, what happens is that Bitcoin actually goes to the person who is delivering the local currency to her. So we turn people in those countries where the remittance is being sent who have phones who download our app basically into like human ATMs. Yeah, so they're like human ATMs walking around. It, it kind of shows up like Uber, right? You got it's, like, it's a lot like Uber. You got we, the little yeah. blue dot on there and you know that's where you can go change your Bitcoins to cash or vice versa. Right, right. Definitely a lot of the collaborative economy model being taken from Uber. I love the Uber model myself, so I'm a big fan of Uber. I took Uber here today, so... Yeah, it is very similar that way. We do ping out, you know, available remittances based on things like your location, your liquidity level, your hours of operation, your, um, your, reputation, trusted, your reputation score. Your five stars score, or yes. whatever. So every receiver will ultimately 
rate their experience and if they had a good experience with their exchanger, that exchanger will get pinged next time for that particular remittance or that particular person or whatnot. So, so people could build an entire business, you know, just like an Uber driver can build a business on Uber, we can have people building entire businesses on top of Hellobit, you know, being local exchangers, like running around delivering cash, or they could stay at their shop and add that as an additional product line. Are there any fixed expenses for people to interact with Hellobit? Or is it just a percentage of the transaction fee? Like, how do you guys make your money or what fees actually do get charged to the consumer and to the provider of the liquidity? Right. So our fee as a company is taken for basically doing the matching service of the receiver to somebody near them. That's what we take a fee for. That time we start, that fee is going to be zero, but we'll ultimately probably take a very small fee. Percentage point or two. A percentage or less, actually. So it'll be a very small amount. The exchanger who downloads our app can actually set the percentage that they want to make. Okay. So they're able to say, I want to make 3% on every transaction. Uh-huh. Traditionally, like, for example, in India, a lot of stores that handle remittances, they get paid well under 1% to provide that service. So if you're setting it to 2-3%, you're actually making a decent amount of money as an exchanger using HelloBit. If you now do 10 remittances a day, you know, given success, let's hope that, you know, there are people who could do 10 remittances a day, you can make at that 3% something to the effect of $24,000, U.S. a year. So it does become suddenly... It becomes a stream a of income for not, the little taco shop or and whatever. It, and it becomes a stream of income that is far beyond the kind of money that a person in India normally makes right. doing other things. So it becomes a real serious stream of income. And it's still cheaper for the consumers to be using right. this form of transferring value. Yeah. It's cheaper, it's faster, it's more private. I mean, all yeah. of it's just better than like filling out a gigantic form for, with Western <laughs> yeah. Union, you yeah. know? Well, yeah, there's, yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, it certainly makes it a little bit easier. And it doesn't have to be just a random person. Like, it certainly can, like you said, be a store owner. It, it could be the local chain of corner stores. It could even be Bitcoin ATM machines at the end of the day. I right. Mean, you could, well, I mean, because yeah. you're going to have an API. So, I yeah. mean, like, people can hook up their ATM machines and then they're, right. like, listed in the trade are, stuff yes. and, like, bam, you yeah, know. Those are distribution points for us where we can deliver the remittances. Yeah. So, what markets are you mainly? going to be targeting it's india and the philippines to start off with We're like why there the of all places well they're two of the largest remittance corridors in the world and we ourselves so far have had more interest and just as far as people wanting to sign up in our experience so far in those two countries not only are they two of the largest corridors in the world and more money is sent to the philippines and to india there's also a lot of people there who you know would stand to make a good amount of money using this app as opposed to let's say somewhere in the, you know, in the U.S., making 3% on a transaction may not be enough for you to get up and go do the transaction. Yeah, but, I mean, we're talking about $500 billion a year of potential yes. yeah. currency flows. Yeah. You know, if you're able to make a little bit on start a little business and it's no real increased cost for you to, to operate that, right. like, it becomes why a, not? like, yeah. why not do it? I completely agree, and that's the idea. It's certainly why people do Airbnb. That's certainly why people do Uber or Lyft. I mean, these are all reasons the collaborative economy model is taking off so well. Frankly, I think, again, our goal, if we can get the costs down below 5%, that would be ideal. Right now, like you said, 10 to 12% is the average. And believe it or not, it can certainly go up to 50 or more in some places. Right. So generally, the poorer the country, the more the people are getting screwed on the cost of remittance. 
which to me is criminal, frankly. So it's one of the things that we want to change. And if worldwide, even the cost of remittances reduced by 5%, I think you're looking at like a $24 billion a year saved. And then if that goes back into the pockets of the poorest amongst us, that's huge. I mean, the education, clean water, food, it's a big deal. It's not a small amount of money. Yeah, so Bitcoin Foundation put out a film that uh, James D'Angelo had made, uh, one of my friends. And in it, he had a friend in Boston, and her brother was in Rwanda studying accounting, and she was always sending money back to Uganda. And James was like, well, you know, let's try to use Bitcoin for this. So he sent the documentaries on YouTube. He sent the kid like $30 worth of Bitcoin and said, if you can change this into Ugandan shillings, I'll send you more. So he gets on his little scooter and drives off into the main city, and he's able to find at least one person and trades those Bitcoins into Ugandan shillings. So the network effect begins to take place. You only need one person, one other counterparty in a particular market to really start this, to bootstrap it. But then as that happens, you know, the fees might be high, but that just provides more incentive for competition to come in to build out even more of the network effect. Yeah. So, I mean, how big do you see this app potentially becoming this hello bit app i mean are we looking at potentially you know tens or hundreds of millions of people that'll be using it i mean just in india alone there are over a billion people yeah see there's a lot of people so it's hard to predict how many people could be using it the interesting thing is that a lot of people don't need to be using it to actually open a corridor for us you know in a major city you don't necessarily need thousands and thousands of people as hello bit exchangers you only need more than there are locations that western union has in that area so well you, think, you only really need two or three you only need because two or they three. travel These because they can travel, travel and that's know? an advantage that we have over a fixed western union location so ultimately a fixed western union location may attract people from one neighborhood to pick up, or let's say one neighborhood in general, generally speaking, they send more remittances than they receive, and that Western Union handles that business. And then there's another Western Union down the street in another neighborhood that handles either an opposite flow or they handle a different market or what have you. In our case, an exchanger, like you said, can actually receive remittances, and although we're not turning it on yet, Ultimately, they'll be able to send remittances, too, with our app. So they can basically go to this neighborhood, deliver local currency, receive Bitcoin on the back end, and then they can actually get out of their Bitcoin position on the back end by going and sending remittances on the other side. So you're right, it can become a business, and you are more mobile as a HelloBit exchanger than a Western Union location is. And yeah. it doesn't take us very long to get more than Western Union locations. Yeah, because it, it's going to be very easy for people to integrate themselves yeah. into the HelloBit ecosystem. Yeah. Right? Yes. I mean, like, what's the process for them? They just sign up, they download the app. I mean, how's it So work? the process for an exchanger would be that they would go through onboarding with us. We would do a certain amount of, you know, background checking before they would be able to use the system. Then they'd also start with a limited amount that they can they Like can 100 bucks. Deliver. Yeah, depending on the corridor, depending on, you know, various factors, we would decide that you can deliver X amount for this time being. And as they go along in the process and they do this and they do it and, you know, more often and they're more trustworthy, then we can start to increase that limit and we can also let them start to set things in different places than they were before or whatnot. But I think at first, you know, we got to see how you're doing. We don't want to ping a remittance to somebody who just never shows up, you know what right. I mean? Because then we have to, now it, just like Uber, we have to ping someone else, you know what I mean? So we don't want that to occur. Our system does protect the end user 
to ensure that they get paid. So the exchanger on our platform isn't actually paid until after they deliver funds. So the remittance business in general just appears to be very low-hanging fruit in the Bitcoin ecosystem. There's huge fees there. Bitcoin can cut out a lot of the middlemen, make it a lot easier. But zooming out, just as I was walking over here, I overheard some of the people here at the Money 2020 conference. They said, well, with that $500 million collapse, I'm just surprised Bitcoin's even still around and isn't dead. What's your general sense of like the health of Bitcoin in general? Well, you know, just like a lot of people, I don't like seeing the price go down. But, you know, I also think talking about Bitcoin capital B versus talking about Bitcoin small B are two different different things. And talking about Bitcoin as a technology platform in general is, I don't have really any concern about it at all. I think from a technology perspective, it's the most interesting technology that's come out in 20 years. It's, you know, it's certainly not going anywhere. There are amazing new platforms and companies being built that don't use Bitcoin as a currency. I mean, this is just one particular application that we know about. You know, there's so many different industries that can be revolutionized by this, changed. I think you're going to see more and more of that every single day as we continue. And I think over time, it's going to grow to be just like TCPIP. You know, it's going to be something on the back just end. Just a fundamental and, protocol. And this is going to be a every, fundamental protocol. Moving in, infiltrating around. everything. Yeah. Infiltrating everything. So, like I said, I don't like to see the price coming down continuously as we've seen a lot lately. I don't think that that's the most important aspect of Bitcoin. Not at all. Not at I all. Mean, I mean, we had one company at Money 2020 two years ago. Last year we had six. This year we have 20. We have people like yourselves that are actually building out these solutions. You know, Bitcoin's got all this potential. It's got this potential for remittances, but we have to actually get it applied. Correct. And here we are, like HelloBits, getting that applied. Do you have any parting thoughts? Is there anything that you're most concerned about when it comes to Bitcoin? Anything you're most optimistic about? I'm optimistic about what it does to change the way things work. Certainly optimistic about the potential for change, the potential for streamlining a lot of things that have been challenging and difficult in the past. I think Bitcoin helps a lot of that. I am obviously frustrated, as a lot of us are, as to the climate we find ourselves in with regulation and uncertainties around you know all this stuff right now. And that's a challenging road, and it's a challenging aspect of this emerging technology that we have to deal with. But it's there, and we have to deal with it. So, and my, my and, and so, so we so we deal with it. We move forward. We keep building useful I, stuff. I and think we do. See any other way? Bitcoin moves forward, and it moves forward, and it'll shake out one way or the other. It's not going anywhere. We all know that. It will succeed. It will continue to grow. And one way or the other, it'll all work out. You know, I think it will. So, well, thanks so much for uh, being with us with this podcast about the HelloBit app changing the remittance market, providing a very disruptive application that the average person in a lot of these markets are able to use. Asia, India, Philippines, all over the place. We've had Ali Goss, CEO of HelloBit. Thanks for being with us. Thank you, Trace. Get a copy of the free Bitcoin guide at freebitcoinguide.com. Got a question or suggestion? Record your voice at bitcoin.kn. Don't be shy. To help the show, share bitcoin.kn with friends, post about it on Reddit, and otherwise spam the interwebs. Your iTunes comments and five-star reviews are very important to us. 
Please continue tuning in to the Bitcoin Knowledge Podcast, where we release interviews with the top people in the Bitcoin world. Now take some choline and let that Bitcoin knowledge consolidate. Yeah.